2: Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
3: Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio.
4: Before the draft, uh, be sure to stream all the biggest pro days on NFL+. Plus. Once you get NFL+, Plus, then you can check out C.J. Stroud today, Ohio State, 2 p.m. Eastern. He'll be throwing uh, for the quarterbacks, followed by Bryce Young tomorrow in Tuscaloosa, the first time you'll see him since his college career. And then Will Levis on Friday. And, of course, Anthony Richardson at Florida not on that screen just yet, but he's at the end of your week. Check them all out. NFL Plus. Yeah. Until then, we welcome you inside Good Morning Football Live here in New York City. It's Wednesday, March 22nd. Jamie Erdahl, Kyle Brandt, Jace McCordy, Tom Pellicero, who is still reeling from being called out for using a term like blockbuster trade a little too freely. Please speak on yourself.
5: I still disagree that Darren Waller to the Giants is not a blockbuster trade. Mm. I do trade. So Fundamentally, it's it's a very good trade.
4: Some trades that we want to go down between now and now and draft day. We, we cooked these up, if you will, Kyle. Sure. And uh, you get to lead us off. Now.
3: Oh, my gosh. All right, so... I'm looking at the AFC East Mm -hmm. and just this is an exercise and fun and creativity if it happens it happens But we're using our imagination here and just what in the hell are the Patriots? And I I look at you Jay. We just saw Hightower retire. We just saw McCourty retire Mm -hmm. Then they're in this position where it's like wow the other three teams in the division are these really sparkly objects And they're so talented and everything. I don't know what their identity is And I know they have to make something out of Mac Jones. What if the Patriots traded for Derrick Henry? Mm. That's my trade you hear the rumors. You hear the Derrick Henry. The Titans might be shopping. It might not be. And if they're not, and if they're throwing things at the TV right now, that's fine. This is an exercise. Is he not to be had? They got rid of Damian Harris. If Derrick Henry goes there and you set him up with Bill O'Brien and Mac Jones with all the Alabama ties that run deep and Belichick, Saban et al. And you give Derrick Henry and he sits next to Mac Jones and he becomes the offense and it is a run first, run second, run third offense with Ramondre Stevenson. They're probably the best backfield in all of the NFL. Second round pick of 46 overall, it's rich. Would they do that? Would they do a second and a fourth? Would they do a second alone? The idea of Derrick Henry showing up is like, okay, now the Patriots are at the party. They have mm-hmm. a bad dude. They have, I think, a future Hall of Famer. Now maybe they can make some noise in the East because right now they are so dormant and so quiet and maybe they're a snake in the grass. Every other team seems to be just surging towards a sensational year next year and Patriots just waiting, watching people retire. Trade for Derek Henry, Tom, your thoughts.
5: I think it's a fascinating fit. Obviously, when the Patriots have been at their best, they've had multiple running backs. they got Ramondre Stevenson. Henry is a high-volume running back. you got to play a specific style for That's him it. to fit in. Could see it. I mean, there's a lot of different ways it could go. You know, there's a connection there, obviously, with Mike Vrabel and Bill Belichick. And yeah. for those two talk on a semi-regular basis. And so, it'd be an interesting fit, for sure.
6: You were there yesterday, Jay. Yeah, I love... What are they doing? I love one thing you said was identity and I think for New England, Bill Belichick has always been about defense. And you talk about developing Mac Jones as a quarterback. If you have a guy like Derek Henry, and Ramondre Stevenson in the backfield hand the thing off Mm -hmm. and play good defense. Mm -hmm. So when you talk about that, Devin McCourty retiring, Dante Hightower announcing his retirement yesterday. Who are the guys in the locker room? And Dev talked about and said, hey, there's a lot of young leaders. They kind of needed me and some other guys to step aside. We'll see. Mm -hmm. It sounds good to say him Mm -hmm. being in the locker room, but we'll see really who those young leaders are, and it doesn't hurt to have as much talent as possible. And Derrick Henry fits the building. You talked about Henry and the Titans. I'm going to stay right there in AFC South with the Titans and talk about a guy, Kevin Byer, because you think about the Titans, since Rand Carthon has got there, the amount of guys that have been released from that team, Robert Woods, Ben Jones, Taylor LeJuan, Zach Cunningham, Bud Dupree, Randy Bullock, the kicker, they've just continued to release guys, and there was a ton of rumors with Kevin Byer, and it was just like, hey... He's been asked to take a pay cut and says he's not going to take a pay cut. Whether those things are true or not, you look at just kind of what they've done this offseason. They're trying to rebuild and get some of their guys in there. When a new guy comes in, he wants his own guys. So look at Kevin Byer. This is a guy who's been highly productive, and a part of him being productive has been his availability. He's been out there. He's played in games. He's started. You look at throughout his entire career, consecutive starts amongst defensive backs. 105 right there. The most by so much as you look at Adrian Amos and Quandre Diggs. This guy, not only is he playing out there, 27 interceptions in the last six seasons. And if you want to be more recent and say, hey, well, is he still doing what he did earlier? Last year, 106 tackles and four interceptions. I think a team like the Philadelphia Eagles, who lost C.J. Gardner-Johnson in safety, they're still trying to get back to the Super Bowl. You add a guy like Kevin Bayard, his experience and his productivity, I think it would be a huge gift yeah. for them. Yeah. And I just want Bayard to be able to continue to win. He said time after time, he would love to spend his entire career in Tennessee. If that's not going to happen, if he's going to be asked to take a pay cut, I would love to see mm-hmm. him somewhere else in a team like Philly where he can win.
5: Eagles lost Marcus Epps, too. So exactly. safety clearly a Added big need the for them as they move forward here i'm gonna go to the wide receiver position and there have been a ton of wide receiver rumors and reports about all these different guys who are available and again we're just spitballing here right Kyle? this is an yeah. exercise yeah obviously How about Cortland sutton to the texans okay we know the houston's made some moves to try to upgrade that receiver core all around what we assume is going to be a highly drafted rookie quarterback, but it was moves like going out and signing Noah Brown. It was bringing in Robert Woods, who obviously had the injury a couple of years ago, last season kind of blended in Tennessee. With Cortland Sutton, you get a guy who's 27 years old. He is a big type of a wide receiver. He's going to win 50-50 balls for you. He's 27 years old. He's from an hour outside of Houston, too. So a potential homecoming for Sutton. It would fit what the Texans seemingly seem to want to do. And Nick Casario. Loves bringing in veterans, paying them some money, just elevating that level of competition, elevating what they've got and building depth. Colin Sutton would certainly fit into that and probably be the best receiver on their team right now. Mm -hmm, For sure.
4: I'm going to keep the fire drill going for the Denver wide receiver room and put a new man on the Minnesota Vikings and send Jerry Judy to Minnesota because if you can have one wide receiver from the 2020 draft class in Justin Jefferson, why not make it two, huh? Why not take the 22nd pick in Jefferson and throw Judy in there who went 15th overall in that same draft class. The Broncos clearly could not figure out how to best utilize what feels like some of their receivers it's Tom, you can speak to this. that they are trying to make deals. The latest one that I read for Jerry Judy was that the door is still open for him to go somewhere. Uh, The Browns have been on that list, but... If you're going to be uh, renegotiating contracts in the coming years for your wide receiver, you just have everybody in that room and put Justin Jefferson and Jerry Judy, two JJ wide receivers on the same team. Uh, GM for the Broncos used to work in Minnesota, so that's a very easy one way ticket you could find. But the speed in Jerry Judy, they just let Adam Thielen walk away from Minnesota. You need your wide receiver, too, to be there. And frankly, the Minnesota Vikings, I think, are at the top of the list for a team that has to win because of what they have on this team. What They were able to accomplish last year, and then what they did not accomplish at the end of the season, they got a win and they need an offense.
5: Somewhere Jalen Rager has a single tier rolling down his roster. I know. They already have two receivers from the 2020 draft on the Vikings, both Rager and Jefferson. So this would make it three. Yeah. There was one other one in the first round. He's not currently available. Right. But Jerry Judy, he's a talented player. He played his best football down the stretch Mm -hmm. of last season. So wherever he's catching passes this season, I wouldn't think Russell Wilson wants to lose him right now.
4: What's up with with the reports then about that? Because it's It's not like that was like some massive connection that we saw work out swimmingly for Russell Wilson. Well,
5: they're not. This isn't a giveaway. This isn't a what did you call the uh, conditional fifth round pick type of trade? Compensatory. Yeah. This is not a compensatory pick type of a trade. Put it that way. If they trade Jerry Judy, my understanding has been it would take a first round pick and more Mm. than to move on. So if you're the Broncos. a blockbuster deal. You got a new coach in Sean Payton. He knows what. You what he wants in different positions here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I haven't spoken to Sean directly about this, so I can't speak to how he feels about Judy. Yeah. But if you think you can get value for a player and you might be able to use those resources on something else uh-huh. that fits in better, then maybe there's a fit.
4: That's why we can't wait to catch up with Peter Schrager, and because we know he's talked to Sean Payton about what he wants in his wide receiver room. If nothing else, that's what Schrager has accomplished. Still to come on Good Morning Football, he's a free agent and a very good friend of the show. Rodney McLeod will join the breakfast table later on. Just met him in the break room. Never met him before. I'm thrilled to oh, see yeah? him. Yeah. Is well, he fun.
3: eating, or is he any? What's he up to? Yeah, he he just out? stood
4: up and shook my hand. A true gentleman. A
3: Whole bag of beef jerky. Yeah, we got yeah, one. Rodney, like old trapper. <laughs> Who doesn't? How much is a four-time MVP worth? Brian Leach joins us in the studio next. Our neighbor, our friend, he's going to talk about what should the Jets give up to get that man Leach right after this.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower,
6: A week on Good Morning Football is just not complete without our friend Ryan mm-hmm. Leith as he joins the table. Ryan, welcome.
10: What's up, Leith? What's up? I love being here with you guys. Love having you.
6: Ohio State's Pro Day is today. C.J. Stroud is going to be a main attraction. Ryan, <laughs> take us back to your Pro Day at Washington State, everything that was going through your mind and what C.J. Stroud might be going through today. I,
10: it, was, uh, it was a special day. I, I didn't work out at the Combine, so therefore this was my, my day to show off. I had my four wide receivers who I had played my entire college career career. career with. Mike Price, our head coach, Mm -hmm. put them all in their jerseys. So not only were all the scouts in the NFL there to watch me because I was going to be the first or second pick in the draft, but now my four guys who yeah. weren't getting a lot of maybe love were going to go out and showcase themselves. And they had a great day. We let one ball hit the ground. Marty Schottenheimer said it was the best quarterback workout he'd seen since Troy Aikman. It was a special day. Awesome. I was through the roof when it was all done. I thought, I thought I did great. But I also, in the mindset of things, it never entered my mind that this was a big day. I'd never had a bad day throwing the football in my life. So why would I today with guys sure. I knew in an environment I felt really comfortable with you know i didn't feel that pressure i was in the mindset at the time that i was the best quarterback in the world and no one else was going to tell me any different and i think cj stroud probably feels that way going into this the way he performed at the combine i don't even know necessarily why he's going to go out and throw it this time maybe because he's got his guys there but i think he goes out and when he walk, when people walk away from this the scouts are going to say hey you know, he just confirmed exactly what his film shows us. Mm-hmm. Everything that we've seen on film was confirmed today, and he's going to be the first overall pick in the draft.
3: There's a lot of speculation about Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, and we I always respect yours, Ryan, because you were here last week, and you used the word mudslide. You think the Rodgers to the Jets is going to be a mudslide, which is literally a natural disaster. <laughs> um, let's get into the, <laughs> the finances. <laughs> of it. First of all, it's a new week. You still feel that way?
10: I do. Okay, it's fine. I don't think it's the right... <laughs> Plan, but it's it's what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean it's it's done. So what I did this last week because Jets fans love to you know you know they're in they're invested in this. So, this week, I put the, the hats on of both general managers. Right. I wanted a, an empathetic side of it, okay. all right? So, I said, okay, if I'm Brian Guttenkunst, I'm in Green Bay, and I'm wearing that hat. There's no reason for me to be sentimental in this, because guess what? You're losing your best quarterback you've had in the last 15 years. So, you got to make this team better. you got to fill pieces and do mm. things around him. So, if I'm wearing that hat, I have all the leverage in this, because I don't have to make a move on anything until I get what I want in return. Now, that may never ultimately break down, you may have to settle for something late, but the chaos... Of holding on to that contract is less on your cap with him there than it is with him gone. Mm-hmm. So just roll with it and keep saying it. And if I'm him, I walk to him, the Jets and say, I want exactly what the Stafford deal was. I want exactly what the Russell Wilson deal was because they were brought in there to do the thing that Matthew Stafford did, and that's win a championship. That's what Aaron Rodgers is being brought in to do for the Jets. Mm-hmm. So why would I not expect something like that in return? I don't think he'll get that. But I think that's what you should be sitting on and not moving off that spot. Now, I put on the hat of Joe Douglas, and because of Aaron Rodgers coming out and talking about it, because Alan Lazard stepping up to the mic saying, I can't wait to play ball with 12 next year. I mean, there's a ton of pressure. You don't think the Jets fans out there are just heaping a ton of pressure on this to get it done. But if he's not willing to move off, let's say, 13 this year and uh, compensatory yeah. next year where yeah. they move up or something like that, I don't see how you can do it or rightfully. So what's oh what's plan B? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's just the pragmatic point of view. Emotionality, everybody's like, get it done, it's mm-hmm. done. But if I'm Brian Gunekutz and I'm the Green Bay Packers, I don't get sentimental about this. Thank you. This is a business. And y- you don't go, hey, you know, just, we loved you, Aaron. We'll give you over for a fifth round mm-hmm. pick because we
5: love you. No, you got to make your team better. Yeah, I hear you. And Aaron's been trying to push those buttons too, saying, yep. hey, I'm arguably, debatably, mm-hmm. the greatest player mm-hmm. in franchise history. He is. Now's the time to do the right thing. For the Packers, the right thing for them is get the maximum value you can possibly get out of the trade, which is why this is complicated. And there's some pressure points coming up, especially around the draft. What about Lamar Jackson? What in your mind, Ryan, is the end game in Baltimore? I suspect they feel pretty comfortable with
10: everything, the way the market is shaking out. This is exactly what they wanted. They wanted the market to set what it was. And Lamar is finding out the hard way that um, owners don't want to pay guaranteed contracts. They are upset with the Haslam family in Cleveland and for what they did and their ability to use it as an outlier is very convenient. But we heard DeMora Smith, our NFLPA union chief, talk about this. Like, they have a real chance. There's four quarterbacks right now that are at the top of their game in their prime that could do something unprecedented in the era of our union and come together and say hey we're gonna you know we're gonna do this but no, everybody wants to play they want to play they don't want to be the guy that stands up and holds up a team that has a chance and a window all the things like that so unfortunately i think that lamar ends up back in baltimore and plays on a 32 and a half million dollar mm-hmm. franchise tag the question is will he play on it yeah i don't know if he will play on it uh-huh. Uh-huh. and if that's the case you lose a full year in your prime. That's I, nuts. We've seen guys try to do it. Le'Veon Bell, yeah. Melvin Gordon in San Diego. It was about who blinked first, and they had to because no one was going to do that. Maybe a quarterback's different. I don't know. I, I want him to get his money because then I want that to be the precedent that's set ultimately. And then sure. Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert and Jalen Hurts yeah. get yeah. their money too.
4: Yeah. It's the next class that is really fascinating as it pertains to that deal. We just went through two topics with Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson in free agency that those deals aren't even done yet. And they are still so much part of the conversation. What about deals that have been done since free agency began a week ago? What team do you think has made the best move or moves? so far.
10: The Detroit Lions for me. Okay. Mm. Let's go. How they uh, established cover corners, mm-hmm. safeties and low deals like one year type of deals. Getting Chauncey Gardner-Johnson for me was was a big yes. deal. Cam Sutton. Mm-hmm. Now you got two guys on the inside. and doesn't prohibit you from where your picks are in the draft of going after a, mm-hmm. uh, a Gonzalez or uh, a Witherspoon. I mean, mm-hmm. that's they've done a really, really good job. I was a little upset with Jamal Williams going away yeah. because I thought he was such an impactful player. on the, And usually they t- tend to do that, guys who are productive for that team. So I was a little surprised by that. They bring in Montgomery, though, to satisfy what they need to do yeah. around the goal line. It's got broke Barry Sanders. Touchdown record. A lot of them were from the run yard line. But he still was getting in the end zone. Really like what they did there. Interesting to see what they'll do in the draft. But uh, really like the Detroit Lions. And I, I would argue that they are probably the, unfortunately, now the. NFC uh, Norse uh, frontrunner yeah, there. So you
4: don't have to point right at me. I mean, he lives in Minnesota still. I mean, it's, Yeah, but I
10: don't mm. care. <laughs> but you care. Uh, I, I care. care. And, but hey, I was with you last year, right? I, I picked them to, I picked them to win Jimmy the division cares. last year. I know, so did I. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So and they did, and that's
4: great. And then what happened? Um, Ryan Leaf, we appreciate you Not and all your saving. insights and in the energy for women's basketball that you bring <laughs> and the NFL. Yes. All right? Hey, don't forget, it's very important. You can watch uh, Pro Day coverage on NFL Plus all week long. Yesterday, the future stars were out at USC. Sadly, you needed an umbrella if you were watching those guys. Uh, But they got the job done, and they put their skills out on tape for teams to see, and our own Bridget Condon was on hand to bring us the latest from rainy Southern California.
2: A wet and soggy day here at USC for their Pro Day. A couple of guys to keep your eyes on as we inch closer to the NFL Draft. The first one, wide receiver Jordan Addison, who was at Combine, ran a 44940 40 there. I asked him about not competing in the 40 here today and if it was due to the weather. He said he had previously made that decision, wanted to stand on those numbers from Combine. He did run some routes out here today and is hoping to show GMs, scouts, and NFL teams that he's constantly working to improve his craft. Another guy out here is Edge Tuli Tui-Pulotu, who did not test at Combine, also didn't do much here today, did participate in some defensive line drills, said he has pre-draft meetings with the Steelers and Ravens. And lastly, offensive lineman Andrew Voorhees, who you remember tore his ACL at Combine, then later put up 38 reps on the bench in Combine record this year. He was here supporting his teammates, had a wrap on his right leg, says he plans to get surgery next Wednesday and he says life is all about how you respond to its events.
4: Bridget, thank you. That was an insane performance by Andrew Voorhees for him to tear his ACL at okay, the yeah. combine and then just go rip off 30 bench presses. Fantastic. It's just like when Will Selva finishes his news report and he's like, I'm going to go hit the bench real wow. quick. Right? How many can you put oh, up, yeah. Will?
9: Well, it depends on how much weight I want to put on either side. Mm. You know, but usually to get going, I'll put in at least a couple of 45 plates on either side. You know, just to get warmed oh, yeah. up. Oof. You know?
3: Wow. A couple? A couple.
8: Kiss the a biceps couple. a little Got bit.
9: Got a, a badass. Yeah. What you talking about, Will? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who knew? Let us get to the Cowboys situation at running back right now. They are in need of depth, given the fact that they have released Ezekiel Elliott. And they also are seeing Tony Pollard try to recover from a broken fibula. But they addressed that need on Tuesday. NFL Network insider Mike Garofolo reporting. Ronald Jones agreeing to a one-year deal with Dallas. Jones spent the past season with the Chiefs, but... Played in just six games. Jones signing with the Cowboys is a homecoming of sorts as he played his high school ball in McKinney, Texas. Mike G. Also reporting the Falcons are planning to host free agent defensive end Calais Campbell this week. Campbell released by the Ravens last week after three seasons in Baltimore. He has spent 15 seasons in the NFL and is one sack shy of 100 for his career. Chargers running back Austin Eckler recently requested and was granted permission to explore trade options after contract extension talks went nowhere. Eckler went on the Green Light with Chris Long podcast to clarify his desire for a trade.
0: I think it's actually really important to kind of put out there that it's not like, oh, I hate the Chargers and I need to get out of this organization and I need to leave. Like, that's couldn't be further from the truth. Like, I would like to stay if, if it was under the right circumstances. Um, and obviously, I have one more year on my contract, there so I'm contractually obligated to play for them for this upcoming year Um, and so we're in a situation where it's like look we have no guarantees or anything like that this year so kind of in a spot where you know I've been outplaying my contract and you know we might have an opportunity to go seek out other options you know um, that can can bring me up.
9: Eckler has 38 total touchdowns over the last two seasons with the Chargers, which is the most by any running back over that span. But Jamie and guys, he certainly wants to be compensated for his work. We were talking about working out. Eckler is one of the strongest running backs in the league, mm-hmm. if not the strongest running back in the league.
4: Yes, he is. It's uh, it's remarkable what that guy can do, not only uh, off the field in the off season, but then how it produces on the se- on the field. And that's exactly what he's hitting at: is his production and running backs in general. It, it, it pertains to a greater conversation in the NFL yeah. and their value and how their contracts have played out. Jason, what do you think about hearing him say, "I am contractually obligated to play for them, and uh, that's what I'm going to have to do next season"?
6: I loved it from the standpoint of we saw the news break and it was was like, Austin Ackler, is seeking permission to get a trade. And I think right away we hear that and we're just like, wow, he doesn't want to be on the Chargers. He wants to get elsewhere. And then I'm just happy that he came out. He was on the podcast and he spoke about why he's doing it and let his side of the story be told. And I get it. I mean, for Austin Eckler, a running back, he's not 30 years old yet. And his prime time for earnings are right now. And he is very underpaid. And he said that. And we understand that. And we know how the NFL is. And we know how they treat their running backs. But if there is a team out there willing to give him a long-term deal and he's able to get paid now, hell, he should go for it. If he wasn't producing, he'd be cut, he'd be asked to take a pay cut and he'd have to go through that process. So the fact that he is producing and we talk about the amount of touchdowns he's had and we put him up against all the other running backs and we see the production and the rate that it's been at, he said, next year I'm probably going to get another 1,600 yards all-purpose and put up maybe 20 touchdowns and he's continued to do that throughout his career. So I'm not mad at him. Yes, find someone to pay you Now, it's a business, so if there's somebody out there willing to pay him, great. If not, to his point, he'll be playing for the LA Chargers next year because he doesn't control and he can't force another team to make a trade and give him a contract. Mm
3: -hmm. I keep telling these mothers and these fathers, don't let your sons play running back. Discourage them. Tell the coach he's not a running back. This should be the perfect story. You have this undrafted guy who has busted his butt, who's a great player, who's nobody's in better shape, nobody seems to be a better guy. If you watch five seconds of the Chargers last year, you saw him catch six passes. Like, I I feel like he caught 300 balls last year. He was the offense. Herbert's the showstopper and he's the talent. Austin Eckler was the offense, incredible. He won everybody's fantasy league, he's in the right age, he's the right guy, and everyone's like, I, I think we'll just, it sucks. I, I feel for Austin Eckler. He should get a huge payday. Austin Eckler is a $90 million wide receiver right now. You know, half of a guaranteed great deal. They're running back. They're like, yeah, you, know, you see Pacheco in the Super Bowl? Seventh round pick. Easy. Great. Tough. I, I have no solution for him, Tom. He's, you can't produce more. You can't say the right thing. You can't play your cards better. And yet there's no one calling, I guess.
5: My understanding is Austin Eckler's goal is and has been to finish his career with the Chargers. Mm-hmm. He also wants to make sure that he is making market value in the remaining prime earning years of his career. So he's due $6.25 million this year in the last year of his contract. That is in line with what the top free agent running backs got. Miles Sanders was right about that same number, but obviously it's well below the Christian McCaffrey's of the world. There is interest from other teams. There are no hard offers on the table yet. This could take weeks or even months to resolve. Now it's also worth mentioning Those 38 touchdowns over the last two seasons for Austin Eckler coincide with Brandon Staley becoming the head coach. They have had a great vision for what they want to do with Austin Eckler. They have had a fantastic partnership. They hope that he stays on the Chargers on a really, really talented team. But we just have to see exactly how this plays out.
4: Well, that's the thing about that's interesting about the Chargers is that you said it could happen in the coming days, weeks, or months. Months, to me, means he becomes a trade deadline guy. And like the Chargers want to suss out like if they're going to have a Chargers year or a chargers year because that division will tell you quite quickly and quite early whether or not you're going to be able to hang down the stretch and then all of a sudden what does it help the chargers to move him now versus wait and see how your team is because if they continue to get him to produce on the cheap and they're winning with him in their offense why would they move him
5: the upside would be if you trade him prior to this year's draft you get a pick this year that can help you on a team that you think can win and win big in 2023 but again the Chargers don't want Austin Eckler to go anywhere mm-hmm. Austin Eckler doesn't really want to go anywhere he wants to get paid think of it from the team perspective too and you can say that this isn't fair but it's the reality of the situation 6.25 million dollars this year if you franchise tag him next year that's like 10 million dollars so it's 16 million over two years if he's trying to get into the Christian McCaffrey type mm-hmm. of a range you're into 12 14 16 million dollars a year and I'm not saying that's what he's asking for, but certainly you want to get paid substantially more than you're getting paid right now. If you're the Chargers, just from a fiscal responsibility perspective, we're not sitting there going, we should give him a monster contract at Mm -hmm. this particular stage because we've got his prime earning years already locked up. That again, may not be looked at as a fair thing to him. Mm -hmm. And are the Chargers willing to do a new contract at some point? Maybe, right now he's going out there, finding out what the marketplace is for him elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And we'll see what offer, if any, somebody comes forward with because Mm -hmm. it's not just giving up draft pick. It's also paying a running back, which teams really, in mm-hmm, don't general, do. don't like mm-hmm. to do. And
6: I, and I think also for him, it's a matter of just like, hey, lock me up long term. Like, maybe it's not the McCaffrey mo- money, but maybe it's just I don't want to go into a contract year and then be franchised. Hey, give me a two-year extension where I know, all right, maybe I'm not making the $12 million. Maybe it's somewhere around nine, and I'm not at the top of the market. But at the very least, I know that you're committed to me beyond just this season mm-hmm. because like you said, mm-hmm. I think Austin Eckler wants to be there, mm-hmm. Brandon Staley and the Chargers want them there well if you're saying you want me there then show me you want me there with the money and with the contract length
0: you go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the irish spring your day immediately gets better that crisp fresh unmistakable irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses so when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. I said, I said OG, oh, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because I ain't it?
7: <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: Welcome back to Good Morning Football. Our next guest is one of the most stylish players in the NFL. Oh, no. He's also an 11 year vet, former Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee, but most importantly, a Super Bowl 52 champion. Oh, yeah. A warm welcome to safety Rodney McLeod. Man, you're currently it. a free agent and 11 year vet so you know how all of this works uh, what are you thinking right now possible teams and all of those things that go into this decision
8: yeah a few teams are interested and and I think you know that's that's the great part you know about free agency you want to be able to hear uh, that people are interested and, and calls are actually happening right but right now just just staying patient uh, really trying to understand what's the right fit mm-hmm. Understanding, you know, I played this game for 11 years going into my 12th season. And the game's given me a lot, but it also takes a lot from you. You know, time, commitment, uh, the physical uh, strain on your body, as you know, the mental aspect of it to perform at a high level. So for me, it's, you know, just trying to figure out what makes sense for not only myself but my family. want to go to a, a contender, uh, somebody that I can compete for a championship with, but also who values me, you know, for who I am as a player and as a man.
6: Now, real quick, a lot of our producers stay down in South Jersey. Big Philly fans. Philly lost some safeties. Yeah. You were there. Any chance of a reunion? Oh man, you
8: know you never know what could happen. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that would, that would be an amazing, I think, finish to uh, my career. I would say to leave and come back it's like the ultimate story and, and fairy tale right so you, know, you never know what could happen never could close a door
5: the door might present itself mm-hmm. we'll <laughs> see
4: mm-hmm. wow he <laughs> should work in tv the tease there was unbelievable really now we're on right. the edge you of the our seats
5: there, <laughs> we were talking about this in a break earlier i always think of you in my head as an eagle But you originally signed as an undrafted free agent with the St. Louis Rams back in 2012. So every year there's guys who think they're going to be drafted and they slide out, or guys who know they're not going to be drafted and they end up going the undrafted route. What type of advice would you give to some of these Mm. players who that draft ends with the final pick in the seventh round a month or so from now they haven't been taken?
8: Yeah, I would say as an undrafted player, you know, that, that day it's obviously upsetting, you know, when you don't hear your name called. I remember that day like it was yesterday, but I would say that, you know, you can't. You can't allow that circumstance to define you as a player and understand that all you can control now is what lies ahead. And now it's an opportunity. And so... For myself, I took full advantage of that opportunity. And then I was blessed to be, you know, in in a great locker room, but around a great coach that you just mentioned, Greg Williams. And one thing he always emphasized was treat every day like an interview. Every day. You know what I'm saying? Treat it like it's your last. And that's the approach that you have to have, the mindset that you have to have as an undrafted player, understanding your margin of error is small you don't get the same luxury as a, as a drafted player. So you have to go out there, earn yourself, earn your keep, and then make sure that you embrace your role. Your role looks completely different probably than what, what it does in college. You were probably the top guy, but coming in as an undrafted player, you have to understand more than likely for you to make that team, you have to be a standout on special teams. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's just about getting a roster spot, and from there, you know, anything is possible.
4: Mm-hmm. You seem like a guy that stays in tune with the rest of the league, and I'm sure you specifically keep an eye on your former team, the Eagles. I'm, I'm very fascinated <laughs> by this. Why do you think they were so good last year? What do you think put them over the edge to put them in that final game?
8: I think the talent alone, Howie did a great job. I, I look at the moves that he made when I was there in 2016, the guys who we signed, uh, like myself, mm-hmm. uh, Nigel Bradham, uh, Brandon Brooks. Mm-hmm. Those were key guys that contributed a lot on top of what already existed in that locker room. And I think when you look at it, he added guys like A.J. Brown, uh, mm-hmm. a guy like James you know, uh, Bradbury to yep. pair with Slay, and made him very dominant. And so, for me, you see that, and then they formed a chemistry, yeah. a bond, a brotherhood. You know, you saw that, and the way they demonstrated that every week, um, and there was a level of selflessness. Um, and I saw the similarities between our team, and you know, you put all that together, and you, you know, you you have what you uh what they put out this year.
7: Mm-hmm.
3: We always hear about it. How's it different playing in Philadelphia with those fans? It's special, that man. It? How yeah,
8: just the the way that they the the city just. The, the emotion that they have for the team. And it just brings the best out of you. Mm-hmm. When you pour and you give everything you got, man, you, you know, you're beloved in that city forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, you win, a, you win a championship, you bring that to the city like we had the opportunity to do, then, uh, you know, they, they, they're really going to love you.
3: <laughs> what was parade day like?
8: Insane, <laughs> insane, man. everything you uh, Dreamed of everything and more. Yeah, to be honest. Uh uh-huh. yeah.
3: Well, it's a tough segue here. Uh, I have to say, I have to say the 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 F word to you, which is Furman. Furman mm. University is a, They have a nice college basketball program, and they matched up against yeah. Virginia, which is your alma mater in the NCAA yeah. tournament, and they smacked them. <laughs> Sorry, my friend. It was a 13 over a 4. What was that like watching the Cavaliers? No other way to say it. it could bounce. Man, I found out minutes be- before
8: I, I got back to my house. You know, it's the first round. I'm, yeah, I'm like- really not anticipating
6: <laughs> us losing You figured this game. you'll catch up with the you, Sweet 16. You exactly. said- mascot.
8: Exactly. I didn't even know where they were located, to be honest. And uh, no disrespect, but, you know, everybody knows about him now, of course. Uh, unfortunately, we were on the wrong side of, of March Madness this year, man, but it it, it was disappointing. Mm -hmm. I told my wife, we said, look, we we can't wear the gear for a week. I'm sorry. (laughs) Just because of the conversations that it's going to create. Oh man, like UVA, I saw it. I don't need it. Those
3: little swords you guys got. You can't wear that. For, you got a you know, week off. Yeah, it
8: was a week off. I'm back. I'm back to it now. Yeah. I'm back to it.
4: Tony Bennett's a great guy, though. Great yeah. coach. Very nice. Um, doesn't doesn't have the emotional range that we witnessed, like Tom Izzo has. I was just in Columbus and I did that Michigan State game where he snapped the whiteboard, yeah. and then I came back on the show yesterday and I snapped the whiteboard oh, yeah. over my knee because I oh. lost a game.
8: Uh, I'm the, I'm a competitive guy, as my wife knows, uh, when it comes to games outside of you know sports Uh, and so I think spades for me like Mm. if somebody reneges if my partner renegs at the wrong time that that might do it. That might do it. Space gets
6: intense. You guys may not. Completely. I know, like the Ace of
3: Spades. And I, yeah, I know the game. Spades
6: yeah, is sure. a family game <laughs> he played, in. A, a lot of times it can get heated. I know. Yeah. I, I know David Spades. And really talk helping. About uh, <laughs> but we both play David Spades. We, yeah, this? sure. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's probably played. Maybe uh, we both have a love for sneakers. and yeah. You do a ton of work in the community, and you have your Sneaker Ball coming up, and it's a charitable event nice. that you yeah. put on that supports yeah. your Change Our Future. Organization It's going down in June, if I'm correct. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about it.
8: Yeah, June 22nd is going down uh, at the V in Philadelphia. Uh, and so this is our third annual sneaker ball, which is amazing to express. And so what we found is sneakers is a great way to bring everybody together. Mm-hmm. It's a very fashion-forward event. Men come in your best, you know what I'm saying, suits. Yeah. Women come in, you know, your best attire, dresses, but paired with sneakers. And it's all in support of our youth. For us, you know, what we do at at Change Our Future is very geared towards breaking down those systematic barriers that exist uh, in youth and under-resourced communities. And so we've built out several programs geared towards mentorship, leadership, uh, health equity, and literature. And so you can find more about what we're doing on changeourfuture.org, changeourfuturefund on Instagram. Uh, The tickets are are out now, you know what I'm saying? Encouraging everybody to purchase a set of tickets, VIP, general admission, whatever you want. Uh, we got uh, – it's going to be a great time. And where
5: is that event again?
8: Uh, it's in Philadelphia, June 22nd at the I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, that's I a mean, train right
5: away. That's what what like a, hour
8: co- hour what a coincidence. coincidence. You're just going to be like, in Philly. Yeah, and you guys are all, you know, fashionable. I see you every morning, so. <laughs> I mean – And everybody has a pair of shoes in their closet that they're itching them. to wear somewhere. Yeah, and Jason I mean, got like brought his out today. Plus. Yeah, I saw, I saw. I bet Howie Roseman's got some
3: to nice Maybe get a new safety, you know what I'm saying?
4: Mmm – Hit your website one more time for your sneaker event in June.
8: Sneaker event, change our future.org, Instagram, change our fun. See you there, man. We're your best. Yeah. You know, you see right now. It doesn't. Price. I know, right? You know we don't, we we, we're not worthy. This man. We're not
4: worthy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better.
1: Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul. Sum 41, 30 seconds from Mars. Oh, and two-door cinema club.
0: You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot.